I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have as yet discovered. I'm a superhero, my A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. It's TRB Unleashed. This is where I get to chat with amazing people who unleash their superhero and their inner nerds. Joining me today is Jen Scalia, a.k.a. Jenna Faith. Jen is a very highly successful coach who supports high-achieving women to embody entrepreneurship, master their mindset, and build multi-six- and seven-figure brands without sacrificing who they are. Jen's going to be sharing some absolutely amazing wisdom and tips for us in today's episode, regardless of whether you own a business or you're just wanting to have some incredible growth and success in your life. Let's rock it. Welcome to The Real Brian Show. Thanks for listening. Happy Monday. You know, it's crazy. Having fun doing these episodes, having a good time, learning a lot. Hopefully, you are also. Hopefully, you're being inspired and encouraged. This is fun. This is really fun. All right, let me tell you a little bit about Jen. We're going to get right into this. we got a lot to talk about today. I have the privilege of working with Jen, producing her podcast, Meant for Millions. Having listened to Jen's incredible wisdom on her show as I produce them, I had to bring her on The Real Brian Show. In fact, one of her episodes, Jen was talking about utilizing a specific journal every single day. One I'd never heard of before. Now, I have heard all about the various journals out there. There's the Freedom Journals. There's the Productivity Journals, the Gratitude Journals. I mean, you know, we've heard about them, right? But I'd never heard of this one, and I thought, hmm, what, what's this all about? Well, this one really got my attention above the noise of all the other journals out there, and I thought, okay... This is a journal that I have to implement into my life like yesterday. <laughs> it's it's really cool. So we're going to talk about that. Stay tuned. Now, I know Jen is focused on helping women entrepreneurs with a business. So if you are a woman entrepreneur, then this is right up your alley. But even as a male entrepreneur, I have gotten so much out of Jen's content. Amazing. Even more importantly, I know many of you are not entrepreneurs and have absolutely no interest in that kind of content whatsoever. But here's the cool part. What we're here to talk about today is for any person who wants to just have a better, happier, and more fulfilled life. So take that however you want, whatever it is that you're looking for to become, quote, better, happier, more fulfilled, however you want to unleash your superhero and your inner nerd and all that good stuff. But this is really for anyone looking for that kind of stuff. So we're going to be talking about mindset, which of course everyone needs. We're going to talk about our attitudes and approaches to money. We're going to talk about how to overcome negative and limiting thoughts. We'll even talk about depression. We're going to discuss that amazing journal that I mentioned, and we'll tell you how that could profoundly change your life. So I hope you get as much out of this conversation as I believe you will. Let's welcome Jen. Jen, welcome to The Real Brian Show. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you for joining me. Appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. Well, I'm excited too because, you know, I mentioned in the introduction that I get to produce your shows. And so as you're just talking and sharing your content for your awesome listeners and clients, I get to learn all that stuff too. It's really cool. <laughs> and I know your yeah. target audience is primarily women, but you know, hey, once in a while, there's a, there's a guy over here that gets to learn a lot. So 
I had to share some stuff, you know, with our audience, with my listeners. I wanted to make sure that uh, they get to hear what you're doing because it's awesome. And I'm sure there are going to be some women that are going to listen to this and go, "Ooh, I got to come over and hang out with Jen now, too. Hey, I don't discriminate. Male, female, doesn't matter to me. So what are you nerding out on right now? I got a couple things. One thing is is more on the personal side is getting into the digital art. Nice. Kind of hard to explain, I guess, over audio. But essentially what I do is I create these crazy fantasy looking art pieces. Mm-hmm. And I actually have an Instagram solely just for that, which is pretty cool. So oh, nice. I did it for a while and I stopped. And I am getting back into it because for me, it's like I'm so busy with work that I need something to take my mind off of it. And I feel like art is the perfect thing to be able to do that. And I'll have to share with you the the Instagram link so you can see what kind of cool stuff I'm working on. Yeah, we'll share that at the end of the at the end of the chat and then I'll put it in the show notes for sure too. But so wait, when you say fantasy art, what do you mean? Like give give me an example of one piece. Oh gosh, well I'm looking at one right now and it's a woman who is half angel, half devil, and she's sitting on the rocks on an ocean with a lighthouse behind her. And the lighthouse is smoking. And it's just a bunch of different cool fantasy type elements. I love that. Yeah. Wait till you see. That's so cool. (laughs) We, you think of art as pen and paper or some kind of whatever, you know, you're using, but with the digital art, it's like, you know, you've got your say an iPad or whatever, and you've got your program on there and you're just drawing like you normally would. It's just on, you know, your device of some kind. And is that what you're doing? It's a little bit different. So essentially what I'm doing is like I'm using sort of like a Photoshop editor and I'm taking different elements from different pictures and scenes and creating my own thing in my mind and putting that out. That's cool. (laughs) That's really neat. Well, I can't wait to see this stuff. Well, I can't wait for you to see it. You're going to be surprised. You know, it's neat. It's neat when you get to see all the, uh, you know, the, the multi-talents that people have and you start to go, wow, <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Okay. So you're nerding out on, on digital art, primarily fantasy type backgrounds or drawings or, or, uh, images and all that. What else? You said you had a couple yep. things going on. Yeah. The second thing is my second book, which is actually not a business book, even though oh, nice. uh, my first nice. book was, and this one's really interesting because it's kind of like. I haven't decided if it's a memoir or an autobiography, but it's the journey of my life. And the book Mm. is called Money, Men, and Food. Money, Men, and Food. Nice. Yeah. These have been like the three biggest obstacles in my life. And I really feel like in most women's lives. Yeah. And so I'm sharing the journey of the things that I've gone through and the lessons that I've learned and the healing with these three things. That'll be powerful. Yeah. Do you have a date that that's going to be released yet or are you still kind of in the middle of it? It's been in my brain for a long time. And literally just over the weekend, I was like, the book needs to be written. It (laughs) needs to be written. I just kept getting the message. You need to write the book now. So that's going to be probably all consuming for the next few months. Oh, I'm sure. Nice. Well, that's exciting. You know, you could, you could dictate. Do you have a dictation program? Yeah, I could do that. I don't know how fast you are as a writer, but you know, for do you well there you go then, then, then yeah, i write just, a thousand words a day oh in about 20 minutes never mind yeah. your book's going to be done in a week then <laughs> i know that's awesome well cool that's going to be exciting okay well we'll have to have you back on when that actually comes out and you know hear more about it well now you have alluded a bit in some of your episodes on your show to having overcome some of this and of course you've just mentioned it right now with the book about money men and food 
some of the the challenges of life. I'm just kind of curious. I mean, like I said, you alluded to this in your show and I thought, ooh, okay, you've got a story. You've you've overcome some intensity in your life. Feel free to share whatever you're comfortable sharing. Love to know. I mean, that's that's by the way, just one thing we love to talk about here is is unleashing your superhero. Everybody deals with something in life. Everybody has struggles. Everybody has their own challenges. And I truly believe what defines you is how you overcome that and how you respond to it. And that's unleashing your superhero. Sometimes it's also just holding the door open for somebody, you know, but it's just being that person, the best version of ourselves, essentially. I'm curious to hear your story about this. I love it. And I'm just just thinking about, okay, where do I start? Um, (laughs) I feel like I want to start by saying that the funny thing is like, a lot of this stuff was was pretty much self-inflicted <laughs> with my own <laughs> mind and my own thoughts and my own actions and things like that. I mean, I grew up, you know, pretty normal, small town in New Jersey, middle class family, you know, had the sister, the dog, you know, the whole the, the life, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. I never wanted for anything when I was younger, but there was always something in me that wanted more, you know, and because I grew up in such a small town, our town has the actual town that I lived in, which my parents still live in, has only 2,000 people in the whole entire town. Like, (laughs) we don't even have our own post office. We don't have a, there's like not even a store in the town. Like, it's so teeny tiny that I kind of feel like I love that you brought up the unleash because I feel like I always knew that I wanted more and that I was meant for more and that this kind of like normal life, go to school, get married, have kids kind of life just wasn't what I ultimately wanted, you know, when I felt like I had been put in a box yeah. and I was very intelligent when I was young, you know, straight A's and my parents wanted me to be a doctor and all that kind of stuff. So I had a pretty good upbringing. And then, like I said, I feel like the things that I did were things that I did to myself, <laughs> you know, <laughs> overcoming, you know, I ended up with depression, you know, being in debt. Actually, right before I started my business, I ended up getting a divorce. I've been a mm. single mom for the last seven years have had alluding to the book, you know, many tumultuous relationships in my life. And I feel like I've just really persevered and found my passion, which is my business and have been able to really skyrocket and explode my business in a way that's like incredible. The 2000 people that were in the town that I grew up in, they look at me now and they're just like, oh my gosh, wow. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, so it's just really interesting just the what I went through, but I feel like all of the things that I went through, the personal things were because I needed to learn them and I needed to heal them so that I could share it with the world. Mm, I love that. Learn them and, and yeah, to be able to heal them so you could share. Now you mentioned depression. I know this is Mm -hmm. something that a lot of people struggle with and I do. Let me ask you this. You said a lot of this was self-inflicted. Do you believe that depression, let's just say most of the time is a self-inflicted mindset? No, not necessarily. So I was actually diagnosed with depression when I was a teenager. But basically what they had told me was, you. it's so funny because I just wrote about this today when I was thinking about the book. And they basically just said to me, you know, you don't seem depressed, right? Like seem in air quotes here. You don't seem depressed. Life seems amazing. It must just be a chemical imbalance. Here's some medication. Okay. So, you know, that kind of happened when I was I don't know, I want to say maybe 14, 15, something like that. And I really didn't feel like I was depressed at that time. It was more in my 20s where I started to feel more of the emotional effects Hmm. of that versus it just being, okay, you know, just something's chemically off in your brain, which is what I was told 
previously. So no, I don't believe that it's self-inflicted, but okay. I do believe that there are things that we can do to get out of it. And there are choices that we can make to make it better. Sure. And then there are, of course, choices you can make to make it worse. So yes. <laughs> inter- okay. That's interesting. Cause I, it, it's funny that they kind of said you're diagnosed and you're like, well, I don't feel it though. It's yeah. kind of like, huh? Hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, those are always one of those, those curiosities I have when it comes to the, the psyche of the human brain and why we do what we do, you know, and, and does, how much do we personally affect our depression or not, you know, as far as the choices we make and stuff. And that's kind of the question I was getting at, but you were able to heal from that. I mean, would you consider yourself like, yeah, you know what I've overcome this or is it still a, a weakness or a struggle that you deal with, you know, periodically or what? No, not at all. So you I mean, really I overcome literally, it. Yeah. Like I wow. literally feel like the life that I had, I would say maybe seven years ago mm-hmm. is like night and day, like not even the same person, wow. not even the same emotions. Like I've completely figured out a way to overcome it and be really positive and impactful in my life and intentional. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what did you do then? Even three things like you just kind of said, these are the three or I don't know. I mean, it could have been 20, it could have been 50, but I'm just saying, what are some of the main things you did that it's like, this actually really helped me out of this and heal from it? There was definitely way more than three things, I'm sure. um, <laughs> but finding my passion, which is my business now was the catalyst. Okay. It was definitely the thing that I was like, oh, okay, this is, and it's funny because when I talked about earlier, how I felt like I always like was meant for more. I feel like once I found this industry that I was in or that I am in, it was kind of like, this is it. Like, this is my way out. Mm. And maybe that was, you know, the thought process of somebody who didn't know any better. But I actually talk about my life before which was like seven years ago, which wasn't that long ago. Mm-hmm. And I just say like back then I was, I was like this little girl. I was like this little desperate, needy girl. You mm-hmm. know, I blamed everyone. I, you know, I was just one of those people, you know, I complained about everything. Nothing was ever my, fault, that kind of thing. And sure. I really believe that, you know, through the first couple of years of my business, I was able to really transform into like, this really powerful, impactful woman. So that's why mm-hmm. I say it's literally like night and day. But, you know, the first thing for me was definitely finding that and seeing that there was more to life than what I had been taught or what I had been seen or, you know, the things that were already around me, you know, the influences in my life, my parents, my family, the town that I lived in. I just first, that was the first spark of like, wow, there is more out there. Mm. That kind of brings me to to the next thing, which is like, you just have to have massive awareness. You know, a lot of times we're burying our heads in the sand, especially if life isn't the way that we want it to be, or we think that there's no way out, or we think it's going to be too hard. We just, you know, continue with the excuses. And for me, it was like, whoa, I didn't even know half this stuff existed, <laughs> you know? So yeah. that was number one. And my thoughts and my stories and my beliefs around money, I didn't realize how messed up they were. You know, I thought it was normal. I thought, you know, the things I thought about money and wealth and rich people and all that stuff, like it was passed down to me from generations and generations, you know? And, Mm -hmm. and when I, once I got an awareness of the story that I was harboring and the story that I was holding onto, that's when I was really able to create wealth in my, in my business Mm. and in my life. Mm. That's incredible. Have you ever read the book? You are the placebo. By chance? No, oh. that was interesting. No, <laughs> I've been I've been reading this, and, and I'm a slow reader, but you know I've been talking about this for a few episodes. <laughs> but it's it's a really fascinating book, 
And it really is getting me thinking about what you were just talking about there. The, the whole idea of that, our beliefs dictate our life for the most part. What they're talking about is attitude, but he's even going as far as to saying that people will be told they have cancer. And so they'll mm-hmm. be like, well, and it's terminal. So they'll die and then they'll go into an autopsy and realize that person never had cancer. What killed them? You know, it's interesting you bring up the depression. I shared the story, but there was a, a case study they did with a woman who had depression for, I think, f- close to 30 years. She was part of this trial for this new antidepressant drug. And she said, I want it. And 50%, you know, of course, got a placebo and the other 50 got the actual drug and she fully healed. She had the side effects from this drug, never had depression again, found out she was one of the placebo patients. <laughs> and it's just like, okay, his whole point is, is the power of the brain and yep. what we can do to change our lives dramatically. So it's interesting though, that you're, you're talking about this and I'm like, Ooh, this sounds like the book I've been reading. So <laughs> realizing that there was so much more out there than what you know you even knew existed and then mm-hmm. even with the money mindset in fact i know that was one thing you talked about on one of your episodes was yeah when you've got generations of people who are saying this is really how you treat money this is really essentially what you believe about money and here's how and here's why and yep. so you just do and then you realize wait a minute though why doesn't everybody else believe that <laughs> something's <laughs> yeah. different exactly okay exactly. while we're on the money topic Share briefly, though, like what you believed about money and now what you believe about money. Yeah, like, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I came from, you know, upper middle class family. We had everything. My parents built their own house. My dad had his own business. Funny enough, my dad's an entrepreneur, but never encouraged me to be an entrepreneur. So Mm. we had all the things. My dad would always talk about how hard it was you know, how hard it was to make money. He still talks about this to this day, actually. And I just have to laugh. And he talks about how hard it is to make money and that, you know, you should hide the things that you get. Like, for example, he, I remember him getting a Corvette and I guess it was like his lifelong dream to get this Corvette and he finally got it. I remember him talking about like, oh, I have to go get this thing. There's like this bracelet in tradition for Puerto Rico. I'm Puerto Rican. You would put this on the windshield of the car to ward off any curses that people would put on you. Gotcha. Okay. And so he, yeah, like he thought, okay, people see me driving this Corvette. They're going to think I'm rich. If they think Uh I'm rich, they're going to hate me. You know, I have to hide this from my brothers and sisters because they're not as successful as I am. You know, it was like money was bad Hmm. in his world, you know, and even though he was making money, had his own business, you know, put money aside for investments and things like that. It was always like money is bad and money is really hard to come by. Being in this very small town, I didn't know that much about money and I didn't know that much about what people were earning and things like that. But I thought, wow, if I could, you know, get out of school and make 40 grand a year, like that's pretty good, you know? And and I used to think that, you know, if somebody was making like 60 grand a year, I'm like, oh, they're doing really, really good. And if somebody was making six figures, it was like, wow, they're rich. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know? (laughs) And then, you know, once I got into this space, it was like, whoa, people are making $40,000 a month. Yeah. Like that's crazy, you know? And I've had those months. What my family, people that I know make in a year, I make in a month. Wow. And so it's just really interesting to see the contrast and the difference between the belief because I, they probably had the same beliefs that I did, mm-hmm. you know, and they still have them. <laughs> Whereas for me, it was like, no, I see that other people are doing this. I see that this is out there. I see that people are spending money. I see the money in this industry and I'm going to get my piece. 
I love that. You're so right about this though. And it's, it's very interesting. The The first thing you mentioned was your dad talking about how, you know, it was so hard to be an entrepreneur. And I feel like there's this weird badge of honor among people these days mm-hmm. that it's like, you know, if I tell you how busy my week is and how hard I'm working, that somehow I'm going to be seen as more honorable. Yeah. And it's, I mean, in some ways I get that because it's like, well, at least you're not a slacker. That's a good thing. But you know, when you're focusing on the, this is so hard, well, that's what you're getting. <laughs> You know, instead of saying, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of work, but I love every minute of it and I can't wait exactly. to do more. You know, it's a very it's different, a different mindset. mindset. <laughs> exactly. You will get judged. The thing is people judge because in fact, it was funny. I was talking about this with, with someone else and you know, we got a car. Oh, it's been close to two years ago now. Sarah and I had Jeeps from, I think it was 98 and 2000. We drove them until it was like, you know, you might want to consider a new car, <laughs> but we love doing that. You know, it's like, we don't necessarily need to have a brand new car every time, but it was about that time. And then of course we had a major hailstorm, and hers got totaled. And they said, you know, the insurance was like, if you'll give us the car, we'll give you like more than you would get private, even, even in perfect condition. And we're like, all right, we'll get a car. Well, Sarah was like, I don't know if I want to drive it to work. And you know, what are my coworkers going to think? And then one day she drove it and somebody was like, Whoa, wow. Must mm-hmm. be nice sort of thing. And she's like, well, Brian's doing well, you know? <laughs> And it was just like, yeah, but I mean, even then I I think about the money that, you know, we make and it's, I know it's not as much as you make, but at the same time, it's like, you know, we're, we're fine. We seem to have a a fairly good attitude towards money. I know that we could do better as far as our attitudes go, but it was very fascinating because there was even this weird thing. Like, are we doing okay? How much do I need to make? How many clients should I get? You know, little things like that. And we just was like, you know, we should meet with the financial advisor and start investing our money more wisely and get some, you know, get some good knowledge behind this. And we've been doing that. And that was one of the first, not, not the initial session, but one of the first few sessions. And he said, well, we've got all your, you know, income and assets and and, liabilities and everything like that. And he goes, for someone your age, you guys are doing great. You're actually on track to do just fine. I needed to hear that because I had this worry that I wasn't now granted, could I make more? And, And his whole point was, you can make more. Yes. And that's the beauty of being an entrepreneur. And if you want to make more because you want to go on a vacation or two or three every year, or you want to, you know, whatever, like you fill in the blank for what it is that you want, then, you know, by all means, you'll need to make a little bit more, but it was, it was just a very eye opening experience. And it kind of gave you that confidence and peace that it's like, wow, we're fine. And we can continue to be fine and we can continue to do more as we want for whatever reason. Uh, even if it's to, be able to have a lot of money to give to someone who needs it, you know, stuff like that. So you're right. It is really almost a hundred percent mindset and skills, Hmm. of course. But I mean, the mindset just, it dictates and drives you. Yeah. And even just you saying like, we're fine, but like, do you want to be fine? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's, it's, Uh, and um, that's the thing. It's like, we're so conditioned to for just enough. Like we're good. Yeah. I have just enough, but just enough is, is never enough. Right. Like if something were to happen or well, true. maybe you just well, want true. a new kitchen or maybe, you know, anything, you know, for me, actually, one of the things I wrote recently was something around the idea of that. I have everything that I need in life. You know, I'm provided for in all ways. I know that, you know, I don't have to worry about anything. And now I get to play in the realm of desire. Yes. Of like, what's that next level life that I want? You know, mm-hmm. is it travel? Is it you know, a specific kind of house or car? Is it, you know, buying up investment properties? So now that I know I'm taken care of, I can play in that. Mm-hmm. And and when you can kind of have more of a playful vibe around money, 
that's when more money is going to come. And that's kind of going back to the idea of contentment too, because I think that if you know you're provided for, like you said, and in our case, we knew we were fine. I think it creates a level of like, I'm good in the sense of I'm content. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a good thing to be content by the way. I'm, you know, like don't be worried. Don't be freaking out or obsessed. And then on the other flip side, don't be complacent of course, because then that's more lazy, but being content is like, if I were to die today, I'm good. But like you said, Hey, I get to play around a little bit with this and I get to try for more because there's a desire there and there's an excitement behind it. And then it becomes more of like a game rather than a, a stressed, like, Oh no, it's, it's live or die kind of thing. Or, you know, exactly, exactly. And that's what I I love about it. And I feel like once people get that, it's like, Oh yeah. yeah. Like, you know, because you'll, like you said, you get judged. Right. And if you think about what we've been taught growing up, it's always like, you don't need that. You can't have it all. You can't have your cake and eat it too. So it's like, we're made to feel guilty for wanting more than what the average person would, would need. Right. Sure. But I don't believe in that anymore. (laughs) You know, now it's just like, no, I get to have whatever I want, whenever I want to. And I know it's all dictated by, by me, you Mm -hmm. know, because I'm an entrepreneur single mom, like it's, it's all me. It's all in my hands, whether I fail or whether I feed, whether I make a million dollars or whether I make $10 this month, you know, it's all resting on my shoulders. Honestly, like I love it. So funny. I talk to people who are like, Oh man, I I could never be an entrepreneur. And you know, cause I mean, once in a while I'll share some stories and they'll be like, that just sounds so crazy, you know, and it's so feast or famine. And I'm like, well, yeah, it is. I mean, like with the job, you have a steady paycheck and with being an entrepreneur, things do go up and down, but mm-hmm. it's so joyful because you're right. It rests on your shoulders, the responsibility and the authority is yours. And that's a wonder. I love it. I think it's a wonderful thing, but no, yeah, it's not for everybody. Yeah. But if you're never going to quit, then you don't have anything to worry about. Exactly. Right. Because you're always going to have another chance to make more, to have a better month, to, mm-hmm. you know, be okay with the ups and downs. So yeah. it's just like, you know, entrepreneurs that, that worry too much. It's because there's something in the back of their head that's like, well, if this doesn't work out, I'm going to X, Y, Z. They have those feelings. But like as somebody who's like, this is just what you do. This is your passion. This is like, you wouldn't do anything else your whole life. So it's okay to play around also with those up and downs and, and just be cool with it. So what would you say to the person who is an entrepreneur, very excited and okay, things maybe aren't going exactly where they want it to go. They're maybe not be making the money they need. And they're like, well, if I can't make this work, I'm going to have to go get a job. (laughs) What do you say to those people? (laughs) Go get a job (laughs) because honestly, like, you know, I work with so many people and I come in contact with so many people through podcasts and Facebook and all of that stuff. And it's just like the people who make it, you know, the people who are really successful and really make an impact. It's like, this is their life. Like there is no plan B. There is no safety net. Like this is it for them. And when you're coming from that place of like, kind of in, kind of out, you might as well just be all out. Yeah. Because you're never going to create the success if you always have in the back of your head that there's another option. Mm. Okay. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's a really good point. It's funny you mentioned that too, because like I've never had that option in my mind. I've never been the, I'll just go get a job option personally. Cause I'm like, no, (laughs) I'm never going and working for somebody again. Like I, you know what though? And I did it. I, I've, I've been an entrepreneur at heart since I was a kid. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it was like, I'm going to go paint people's, I don't know if anybody does this anymore, but you know, when I was a kid, it's like you had your address out on the the curb. Uh Do you remember that? 
Yeah. Okay. So I would go and like say, Hey, let me paint your address and freshen it up so that, you know, people can see it when they're driving by. And again, I don't think anybody does that anymore, but, or it was like, yeah, I'll, I'll mow lawns. And it was just yeah. like the entrepreneurial spirit was there. And I was always like, I will do what it takes. Like if I want something, you know, of course, back then it was like, can I get a toy or, you know, I got to buy a, a, a keyboard so I could do music or whatever. Right. And then I'd be like, well, I'm going to work for it. I'm going to make the money and then I'll buy it. It'll be that simple. So that was kind of just how I did it. And then, of course, I got into the job force in high school and through college. And I did five years in the job force. There were some good times and there were some phenomenal bosses, but I would say probably 80% of the time I was like, what am I doing? This is so not me. And going off entrepreneurially, I was like, this is it. This is who I am. And no matter how hard it gets, this is who I am. And I'm not giving up and I'm not going to go back to the job. So you're right. I think it is that attitude of this is what it is. Or if they have that doubt, then they should just step out completely. Yeah. Mm. I always say entrepreneurship is like relationships, right? I mean, just imagine if you're in a relationship with someone and you're like, yeah, like I'm I'm kind of in, but I kind of got this other person on the side just in case it doesn't work out. Yeah. Well then, then leave, right? Like then don't marry me. (laughs) So it's kind of the same thing, right? Like if you're either all in or you're not, that's really just the bottom line. So when you started this whole business where you're helping, I mean, like I said, you're mostly helping women, but I know you help a lot of people, but you're, you're helping them to build wealth and freedom with their businesses and, of course, ultimately their lives. What inspired you? What was that one thing where you're like, this is what I'm, I mean, you kind of touched on that. You saw more and you're like, I got to go into this direction. But what inspired you? Because here's the, okay, the reason I'm, the reason I'm asking this question, I see a lot of people constantly, entrepreneurs and especially podcasters, everybody has an idea. They want to get behind the mic and they want to share it. And then they go like, I don't have any listeners you know, and they don't have a business to back it up either, right? Like they're literally starting and they just don't ever see success. And here's the thing though, their idea is good. It's not like, well, this is a dumb idea. It's like, oh, that's actually a really good idea. But why aren't you seeing that success? You, on the other hand, have seen the success. And I feel like there's something that drives someone when you get started, there's this inspiration. There's this moment where you're like, I have to do this and I know that I can help these people. And here's why. And then, of course, it obviously the rest is history. But what what was that? What was that inspiration and that confidence that came about? Yeah, I mean, when I first started my business, I started my business out of I was actually pissed off. I was mad because <laughs> I was working. I actually had this cake job, which was amazing. I was making forty thousand dollars a year. No, mm-hmm. you know, no surprise there. But I was working at a casino in Atlantic City, and I was doing all of their social media, and I was getting paid pretty well to just kind of hang around the casino, go to the bars, go to the clubs, go to the shows, take pictures, upload them on Instagram. I mean, I, I really had an amazing job <laughs> where you know a lot of entrepreneurs are like, I got to get out of my job. I'm like, I actually really liked my job. And I ended up getting laid off after about five months of working there. And I was just so mad because it was my second layoff in two years, right after I had my son. And what I was upset about was like, okay, now I don't have an income. At the time I was still married, you know, my household income had been slashed in half overnight. I hadn't worked there long enough to be able to get unemployment or anything like that. And, you know, it was at that moment that I was like, I don't want anybody else to dictate how much or how little money I have ever again. Yeah. And that was the point where I went searching, you know, I went looking for like, you know, I thought, wow, if I could do this for this major casino that is like, huge has 27 restaurants and 10 clubs and all this stuff like I could totally do this for other people you know so I I actually just started out freelancing doing social media and marketing for 
local businesses and companies. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't really working out that well. (laughs) I would say maybe took about a year, a little bit over a year into from when I made the decision to for me to have this moment with myself that was like, okay, you've been doing this. You're not really gaining any traction. Haven't made any money. Like nothing's happening here. So are you going to go get a job? Are you going to like draw the line in the sand and make this work? Mm. And I call it my come to Jesus moment. (laughs) And I was just like, I got to make this work. Yeah. And that's when I really put the pedal to the metal. I stopped hiding because I realized hiding because I felt like I didn't know that much. I didn't want to get rejected from that moment forth was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to make this work for me. Mm-hmm. And it maybe only took about another six months. I mean, I pretty much got a client like within the next one or two weeks, which was crazy because previous to that, it was a whole year and I didn't get any clients. Mm. It, maybe for the next six months, I was doing okay. You know, making some money. I was making progress. I was getting traction. And by the end of that year is when my business really took off. So once I made the decision, it didn't take that long. And what I really find is that it's kind of goes back to the all in all out thing. You know, I think that some people, they come to entrepreneurship or podcasting or whatever it is with this idea that it's going to be easy and fun. And then when it's not easy and fun, they, they back out, you know? <laughs> oh yeah. I, so it's like it, it it's really more about just having conviction for yeah. your vision. Yeah. Right. So I had this vision of, you know, at first it was, I need to provide for my son. I'm a single mom. You know, I don't want him to see me struggling. I don't want to ever tell him, no, you can't have that because mommy doesn't have the money. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just knew that I needed to be a role model for him. So that's really where it's, where it started for me was doing for him, you mm-hmm. know, and being able to create my own wealth. And then once I was able to see how I could do it for myself, it really became more of a, a bigger mission to help others build wealth and freedom with their businesses. So that way they would never have to make a choice, you know, that they didn't want to make. They wouldn't have to say yes if they wanted to say no, and they would never have to say no to anything that they want. And so that's, it's kind of progressed, but that's essentially where it started. That's funny. You you just said something there that I heard, I think it was Chris Brogan talking about his definition of success was to be able to say yes to the things he wanted to say yes to and say no to the things he wanted to say no to. And that's it. Whatever allows him to be able to do that is his definition of success. And I thought that's really cool. So you started off freelancing and then moved into essentially teaching and coaching others. So that's kind of how your business progressed. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're, you know, primarily focused right now is, is teaching and coaching others to, to succeed with their businesses. Yep. Awesome. So you said, I think four things going all in. That's a critical factor right there. Going all in. Second thing was to stop hiding as far as, you know, whatever's causing you fear, timidity, that kind of thing. Third thing is coming out with confidence and belief in here's who I am. Here's what I have to offer. And I'm proud of this essentially. And then the fourth thing was, is you wanted to be an example for your son. Oh, that's awesome. One, go all in, stop hiding, have confidence and belief in what you have, and then have that driving focus, whatever that is, whether it's a, your son or it's someone else or being whatever it is, right? Whatever that, that mission almost is. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of people that I work with some, some, for some people, it's not necessarily their family or their kids, but like they want to start charity or mm-hmm. they want to build a school in a country. Like, so yeah, it really is like, what's the locked in mission? Because 
I find that if people are just focused on like the short term goal, it's very easy to quit. Yeah. So if it's just like, okay, I need, I need to do this because I have to, I have to pay my mortgage at the end of the month, (laughs) you know, or I gotta, I gotta pay this debt off or I gotta get rid of the student debt. Like that's not an inspiring thing to make money for, you know? So I feel like we do need to have that bigger thing that drives us when the times get tough. I mean, you're right. You've got to have that mission essentially that that drives you or else when the going gets tough, which it will, then yeah, everybody's going to run away. It's just what happens all the time. That's cool. I'm glad you shared all that. I have to talk about this journal. You've heard the traditional journals. A lot of them are being taught right now. There's the freedom type journals, you know, where it's like, here, write the things you want and that kind of thing. Then there's the gratitude journal, write the things you're thankful for, which by the way, Sarah and I love those. We do those every day and it is actually helpful. But what I love is that you are coming at it with a different approach. And I know it's not necessarily a new thing, but the way you said it was different enough that it felt new to me. Share what it is and why it's so powerful. Yeah. I mean, just like you said, there's so many different ways to journal. And usually when I'm at a speaking event or I'm doing something, I, I always ask people like, do you journal? And I always get like the room full, you know, everybody raises their hand. I do gratitude every morning. I I write about my day. I talk about the things that I want. I actually never did that. I mean, I was kind of just like held a diary when I was younger, but I never did any of that stuff. And what the process is that I take my clients through and and my audience through is this idea of future pacing, which is essentially creating or writing the story as you want it. So when we're talking about things, you know, in the past or things that have happened, it doesn't really spark anything. You know, we may be able to look at it and say, okay, that's cool. I was going through this. This happened. When we look at the things we want and focus on the things that we want as if we don't have them, we'll always want them. Yeah. Because if you're constantly like, I want a million dollars, I want to drive a Corvette, I want loving relationship. Whenever you come from that energy, so the want energy basically means that you don't have it. So Mm. it's coming from a lack place. And when you're journaling the way that I teach it, which is the future pacing, you really have to come at it from a place of feeling really good. So essentially what the process is, is you would go through literally every single area of your life from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, you know, how you're acting day by day, who you're interacting with what your body looks like, what your health is like, what your business looks like, what your bank account looks like, what your relationship looks like, you know, the interactions with other people, like literally going through, this is, would be the picture perfect ideal life for me. So this is kind of hard for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. First, because when we talked about earlier is like, we're always taught like to not want everything, right? Or that we can't have it all. So a lot of people find this process a little bit difficult because they haven't even gotten really clear on what they actually want. So let's say, for example, you wanted a million dollars. I don't know why that just keeps coming to my head. <laughs> no, but okay. let's say, for example, you wanted a million. Yeah. So instead of writing in your journal, I want a million dollars, right? I mean, what's that actually going to do? It's not going to do anything for you, right? It's, it's going to remind you that you don't have a million dollars. That's it. And then you're going to feel like crap. So instead, what you would do is write out the life that you would have if you already had the million dollars. So what would that look like? If you already had a million dollars in the bank, what would you be doing every day? 
would you still be producing your show? Would you be doing something else? Would you be living in the same house? Would you be taking care of your body more? Would you have different things? So really think about like, if I already had this thing, what would life look like? Hmm. And write it out in great detail. This is the other thing is being very detailed about everything. It was funny because I actually did this exercise with one of my coaches and he kept having me repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And by the way, the journal process that I'm talking about needs to be a daily thing mm-hmm. every single day. I mean, just being really, really clear. And, and the key here is to like have fun. Yeah. And just imagine if there was no limits to the things that you could have or the things that you could be, what would you ultimately want? And another thing that I feel like I hear from a lot of people is like, oh, well, you know, if I had more money, like not a lot would change. And I'm like, okay, well, then why would you get more money? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. (laughs) Like if nothing's actually going to change, then why would you manifest? Right. Like we need a purpose for the things that we have. So back to the journaling process, essentially, this is what you would do. You have future pace. What do I want my life to look like? Every single detail, every single area of your life. And literally do that every day until it comes true. Now, what happens is I hear a lot from people is like, this doesn't feel right. Mm. I feel like I'm lying to myself. (laughs) I feel like this is BS. (laughs) You know, and of course you're going to feel that because you're writing something that is not actually true yet. Yeah. And that for me is the key thing. It's like, it's not true yet. But the fact that you have this vision, the fact that you can even imagine this thing in your mind shows you that it's possible for you. It's available for you because if it wasn't, you wouldn't even think those things. Like for me, it's not a resistance to this and and it could be for some people, but for me, it's more of a, I don't understand it yet. I think the best way that I can explain this and correct me if I'm wrong, but is that you're almost going in, well, going back to like the stuff you draw, you draw fantasy style kind of things, right? So you're creating this, call it a fantasy world. I mean, that's the best way I could put it. Yeah. Even though (laughs) it doesn't need to be, I mean, it could become actually true, right? But it's this idea of saying, you know, wouldn't it be amazing if I just went into this little fantasy moment? This is what I would love. And probably too, it's got to be within reason. Like if I start journaling that, hey, I'm flying all over the world because I can fly like Superman and all that. You know, that's not going to work, right? Of course, it might work for about two minutes. If I'm saying, well, I really want a million dollars and let's say I am excited about it. Let's just like, man, things would change. And I just have this crazy idea, but I'm more like I'm trying to decide the difference here on the actual wording. You wouldn't say I want. But you're saying that instead of saying like, you know, my goal is a million dollars, you're actually writing out a, a story every day saying that because I have a million dollars, here's what life is looking like today is what you're saying. Or there's X amount of dollars in the bank or I have all these things, right? So it's like, yeah, you're, you're writing it in the present tense, Mm -hmm. always in the present or past. You can say, you know, now that I have a million dollars, right? That's kind of in the past, but you would never want to do when I have a million dollars or I'm going to have a million dollars or I want a million dollars because that's future. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like, it's not happening. It's out there and it will always remain out there if you keep talking about it like that. Sure. So if you bring it into the present, that's where you can start to, to write out what that would feel like and what that would look like. Okay. Now, now there is a caveat to this. 
you can't just write it. And I think that this is where, you know, I always talk about like the secret because people heard, uh, you know, read the secret or watched the movie or whatever. And I remember watching it maybe 15 years ago and thinking like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like all I have to do is think about the things that I want and imagine them and visualize them and I'm going to have them. And, you know, and then I was like, what the hell? Like, this is not working. (laughs) What's happening? We have to take action. Right. So Uh, it's like, if you want a million dollars, well, also, what actions would you be taking? What decisions would you be making? How would you be showing up in your business? You know, who would you hire? You know, there's things that actually need to happen, you know, action that you actually need to take once you have that vision in your mind. It's not just writing it out that's going to make it happen. Sure. Yeah, that is true. (laughs) I've heard people that are like, you just need to believe it into existence. Wait a minute, though. There's more than that. You know, the belief is a huge part of whether sure. it's even possible for you. Yeah. Right. Because you could do all the right things, but if you just really believe that you were going to be your entire life, then guess what? You're going to be broke your entire life. True. Exactly. Yeah. No matter what action you take, you're always going to be broke. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You would find a way, you know, maybe you'd make the money and then you'd lose it or you'd make the money and some big bill would come or you'd make the money and then you'd have, you know, an emergency and you need to drain your bank account. So, mm-hmm. you know, it happens both ways. So just getting into the mindset of like being a wealthy person and what would that person do and how would they act and what would they tolerate and what would their day-to-day look like? Probably very different from what your current life looks like. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. actually talk to people that, you know, have money and, you know, have had it for a while and just kind of the way that they treat it, believe about it, you know, everything that they do is is very different than a lot of people. And a lot of it really does come back to the mindset thing because I mean, even even in the difference of of people who have successful podcasts versus people who wish they had successful podcasts, you know, there is still a different mindset going on there and there's different action that happens with that, too. But everybody has to learn and you have to get somewhere. So I love, though, that it's the this is what it's going to be and you're taking action into it. Let's just say we we paint the perfect picture. We're doing it exactly as is. Do you find, though, that sometimes things won't be exactly as you painted because you actually get what you need. And that's in a good way, by the way, yeah. versus just because we thought we wanted that the need actually turned out better. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And that definitely does happen. Okay. I love that you brought that up because here's the thing I always say to people, you're not God. Exactly. Like you're, you're the co-creator, right? And you can say these things that I desire, but it's like, you can't dictate. It has to happen this way on this day of this year. Mm -hmm. Like it's just not, it's going to happen when you become the person that's ready to receive that thing. Mm. And it may not look the way that you want to. So a prime example of this was I was in a previous relationship and I was journaling because the relationship wasn't going well. And I really loved the person. And I was like, Oh, I just like really want it to work out, you know? And so I was journaling about this amazing relationship that I had, but I never used names. So I don't, I don't get like that specific. I was just like, I want a relationship that has this, that has that, where I feel this and I feel that. And guess what happened? We broke up. Hmm. And I was like, what the heck? It didn't happen exactly the way that I wanted. Because of course, when I was journaling, I was thinking, oh, things will improve in this relationship. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought would happen. But that relationship had to end so that I could receive the thing that was better. Yeah. And especially too, when it involves other people, you know, of course you can't control them. So that's, but you know, I, I really like what you said there that you have to become the person able to receive it. And if you're, if you never become that person, then why would you, why would you be trusted with it? Or why would you, I totally agree with that. And that's where the gratitude comes in too, that you were talking about. I I do Mm -hmm. gratitude as well. You know, always super grateful Mm -hmm. for the things that I do have because yeah, why would you get more if you're not grateful for what you have? Right. 
with the gratitude is I will write out, you know, the things that I'm grateful for that I currently have. But another one of my tricks is to write another list of the things that I'm grateful for that I don't have yet. Mm. So I'll literally write it as if I already have it. Like I am so grateful for X. I'm so grateful for X and I mix them together. So there's like the reality of things that I currently have that I'm grateful for. And there's the things that I just don't have yet, but I'm grateful for in advance. And here's the thing, like your subconscious mind, like your mind doesn't know the difference Mm. Yeah, between I have this and I don't have this yet. Yeah. All it knows is what you're locked in on, the vision that you're locked in, in on and the feelings and the emotions that you have around it. So when you're mixing the two, what I currently am grateful for and what I don't have yet, you're kind of tricking the mind into believing that you already have all of it. Well, that goes back to the, you are the placebo that I mentioned earlier. People have, you know, like I said, they've healed from sicknesses or whatever, and they didn't yet have it, even though they sort of believe they did. Yeah. This is the question that I know people are going to have, and I wanted to bring this up is that for people who, let's just say, this is unfortunate. People who have disabilities, people who have chronic sicknesses that they just, I mean, they've tried so many things. They can't seem to get over it. They don't know why they have it. You know, people that are in horrible situations, like let's even say abusive situations or, mm-hmm. you know, they grew up in, in the projects or really bad neighborhoods. You know what I'm saying? So it's like the external is against them. They have a choice, you know, in their own minds to have a different mindset and to take action. They can do this. In fact, I know some people who have done this. And they've come out and they've overcome and they've succeeded. But in the middle of it, that's really hard to see. So I'm curious if you've ever had any experiences with people, you know, with unfortunate situations like this. Do you see them overcoming and coming out of that kind of stuff? And of course, disabilities, I don't know how that works. But, you know, if you have a disability, you probably can't ever get over that kind of thing. But (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I think it, it still boils down to the same thing, right? Like the belief. And it kind of also goes back to what we were talking about before around having the awareness of like, this is what it is, Mm -hmm. right? And this is what I desire. Like most people I feel like are still so stuck in the victim. This happened to me, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is my circumstance. This is just the way that it is. Whereas like, if you would just maybe ask yourself the question of like, okay, well, maybe this didn't happen to me, right? If this happened for me, what would life be like? Mm. What is the purpose? Right. If this was actually happening for me, if this was a benefit to me, why? Right. So I actually have, you know, someone close to me that has mental health issues, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's like, I mean, if you look up the diseases and the things like that, it's like, oh, yeah, there's like, this is just the way the person is. It's a chemical imbalance or, you know, it's whatever. But I really believe that, you know, you can take that information and say, okay, I have this issue. Right. It's, you know, out of my control. It's something that is just going to happen in my life. It's just how I was born. Mm -hmm. And you can take that and say, I'm going to, again, action, take the steps to heal, do what I need to do to get therapy or whatever. And at the same time, be grateful for the life that I do have. Yeah. And the things that I have been able to do. Or, you know, the person can say, okay, this sucks. I was born this way. This is my life. I guess I'm just going to be, you know, hold up in my house for the rest of my life. Yeah. So like, it's still the choices. It's still the action. It's still the belief around the perceived thing that you have that's stopping you. 
right? That's Whether what, it's real or not, right? Because there's yeah. lots of things that, you know, people have that are not even real <laughs> that are stopping them, right? Sure. But <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's it, it still boils down to the same thing. Yeah. And yeah. also boils down to gratitude. Because if you can be grateful for the life that you do have and that you were given this chance and again, asking yourself like, okay, well, if this happened for me, like if this happened for a specific reason, what would that be? And how would my outlook change on that? Hmm. I absolutely love what you just said there because I can think of people very specifically who have gone through very identical circumstances, abusive, horrible, you know, really traumatic, traumatic situations in their life. Obviously different because they're different people, but let's just say similar type situations. One person is just bitter and angry and, you know, doesn't trust anyone and has all these issues. The other person is out there and has more compassion and more grace and more like ability to truly come around and help people in ways that you just don't see in most people. Very similar circumstances. And it, all it was was a matter of choice. You know, one person said this happened to me and the other person said, okay, well, this happened for me. How can I use this? It sucks, but how can I use this? Exactly. And it's amazing the difference. And it's again, I mean, you could even probably put a person in exact same identical situations, have them both make a choice see what happens. I mean, that would be incredible, but I love that. I love that phrase. So in situations where people are saying, okay, I'm trying this journal, they're not seeing it work. And of course things take time, right? But they're just Mm -hmm. not seeing any results. Is it because they're kind of in that, this has happened to me versus for me attitude. And they're not really believing that they are worthy of a better life. Most most likely. Yes. So most likely what's happening is that whatever you're writing down or whatever it is that you want on a soul level, like you don't actually believe that you can have it. Hmm. So it really does boil down to like feelings as well. I've got to feel and really believe that like this is possible and available for me. Hmm. I can't just write the words, you know, cross my fingers (laughs) and hope that it's going to happen all the while thinking, Oh no, that's not going to happen. I keep going back to the man situation. (laughs) So I guess that's why my book is so important. Money, men and food. Women are like, Oh, I want a romantic guy. I want, you know, this wonderful type of relationship and I want all this, but then, you know, they're talking smack to their girls about how there's no good men left. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, so which one is it? Are you going to go out there and believe that there are good men out there and that you will find the relationship that you want? Or are you going to continue to bash men yep. and, you know, that be your primary feeling going forward? So people do that with money too, right? Yep. They think about, oh, I want a million dollars. I want a million dollars, but oh, all the taxes I'm going to have to pay. Oh my God, I'm going to have to hire people. I'm going to have all this responsibility. So it's like, wait, do you want the million dollars or do you not want it, right? So it's usually a contradiction between what we're writing and what we desire and the actual core belief that we have around the thing. Yeah. Well, I I fully, fully believe you attract that which you put out, 100%. So if somebody's putting out, you know, like you said, bashing men, then they're not going to get a very good man because- (laughs) a good man is not going to want to be around that, you know, and vice versa too. If a, if a guy's doing the same thing, you know, or like if you're, if you're saying, well, I got to pay all this taxes, well then you're definitely not going to make more money because you're going to sabotage your ability to do it because you don't actually want to deal with all that. Or if you're, I mean, shoot, you want better clients. Cause you know, you help people get better clients. And it's like, if you've got this lack of confidence, then the, usually the good clients have confidence, right? Yeah. And so if you don't have confidence, they're not coming to you. 
Yeah, so, they're not. It's not even going to be on the same vibration. Like it's not even going to be yeah, on the same level. Like yeah. they're not even going to see you. You know, I mean, that's yeah. literally how it is. Uh, you know, we yeah. only see the things that we're available for. So yeah, you want better clients, but you're not one. Not going to happen. Yep. Oh, I love this. Well, thank you very much for sharing all this. This is cool. And and by the way, I started this and then I kind of went, I don't think I understand this 100% yet. So I have my journal sitting here right next to me. <laughs> and now that I've had the opportunity, by the way, to clarify some stuff and ask questions, which I appreciate you you sharing all this. This was really helpful. I know exactly what to do now and I'm ready to do this and I'm excited about this. So thank you for sharing this. Awesome. Anything you want to just share really quickly, anything you know, you can inspire people to take action on? You know, actually, one of the things I I wanted to say, I actually wrote it down, you know, when we were talking earlier was about this idea of like resilience and conviction. So whatever it is that you want, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur or not, whether you're working a job, whether you want a relationship, you want more money, whatever it is, it's like, you have to have so much conviction for the thing that you want. Remember that. And like, you've got to have resilience. This is like one of the things that you just have to have in life. You know, if you can't bounce back easily, if you can't keep wanting the thing that you want when it looks like you're not going to have it, you'll never get it. Yeah. I would say faith. Like you've got to have faith in the thing that you want, right? And faith doesn't mean, oh yeah, that sounds cool. I can't wait to get that. But when the going gets tough, you leave. Faith is like, oh my God, this looks like it's never going to happen, but I still believe and I'm still pushing forward. Mm. I love that. Well, Jen, thank you so much. This was huge. This was beautiful. Um, now, how do we get in touch with you? And tell us about your podcast, all that good stuff. Okay. So the podcast is called Meant for Millions and super excited about this. I love that you get to listen to all my I know. all my shows as well. <laughs> it's a treat. <laughs> and really, it's a short podcast. It's between, I would say, maybe 10 to 20 minutes each episode. And I really just dive deeper into a lot of the topics that we talked about today, You know, wealth, money, mindset some business strategy and really just like who you have to be. So, you know, the idea behind it is like you listen, you get inspired, you go take action. So that's the podcast. Um, and you can find that at jenscalia.com forward slash podcast. And then probably the best place to find me online is in my Facebook group. And you can find me there at jenscalia.com forward slash tribe. I'm in there. I do live streams. I do incredible posts, lots of sharing, all that kind of good stuff. Beautiful. Well, all of those links will be in the show notes. Jen, thank you so much for taking the time today. This was fun. It was really awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, we will definitely have you back on when you've got your book out. We can talk about that in more detail. And I got to hear, we're going to have to have you come on and share some of those stories about unfortunate experiences with men. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because and I know, <laughs> well, I know, I know, but I, I know you're going to, this is what I love about you is that you're going to be able to say this happened. And by the way, look at how positive this is now. Like you're not going to yeah. sit there and just bash and focus on the negative. And one thing about this show is we like to stay positive and some, you got to acknowledge the negative because if you don't, then you're just shoving it under the rug. But now where are you going? What are you going to do with it? Let's go to the positive. Let's go to the win and the victory. So that's awesome. Love it. All right, Jen, thanks so much. All of the links that Jen mentioned are going to be in the show notes, realbryanshow.com slash 224. Go there, grab them, even connect with Jen. Thank you very, very much for listening. Really, really appreciate it. You know what the music means. Hey, if you have not done this already, head over to iTunes, subscribe to The Real Brian Show, and leave an honest rating and review. I haven't asked for this in a very long time, by the way, but this is really a great way to help other listeners to find the show and to see if it's for them or not. I am all about getting incredible messages like these out to as many people that need or want it. Thank you again for listening. Have a glorious rest of your day. Real Brian Show is signing off.
The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.